Burning flares and flashing red and blue lights ripped the night apart. Clueston counted four black and whites pulled halfway off the roadway and as close to the upper embankment as was possible. In front of them was a fire truck, and in front of that was a forensics van. There was a P-1 standing in the middle of Mulholland Drive, ready to hold up traffic or to wave it into the one lane that they had open. With a fatality involved, they should have closed down both lanes of the road, but that would have meant closing Mulholland from Laurel Canyon on one side all the way to Coldwater Canyon on the other. That was too long a stretch. There would be consequences for that. The huge inconvenience of it would have brought complaints from the rich hillside homeowners trying to get home after another night of the good life and nobody stuck on midnight shift wanted more complaints to deal with. Clewiston had worked Mulholland Fatals several times. He was the expert. He was the one they called in from home. He knew that whether the identity of the victim in this case demanded it or not, he'd have gotten the call. It was Mulholland, and the Mulholland calls all went to him. But this one was special anyway. The victim was a name, and the case was going five by five. That meant everything about it had to be squared away and done right. He had been thoroughly briefed over the phone by the watch commander about that. He pulled in behind the last patrol car, put his flashers on, and got out of his unmarked car. On the way back to the trunk, he grabbed his badge from beneath his shirt and hung it out front. He was in civvies, having been called in from off-duty, and it was prudent to make sure he announced he was a detective. He used his key to open the trunk and began to gather the equipment he would need. The P-1 left his post in the road and walked over. "'Where's the sergeant?' Clewiston asked. "'Up there. I think they're about to pull the car up. That's a hundred thousand dollars he went over the side with. Who are you?' "'Detective Clewiston, the reconstructionist. Sergeant Fairbanks is expecting me.' "'Go on down and you'll find him by the—' "'Whoa, what is that?' Clewiston saw him looking at the face peering up from the trunk. The crash test dummy was partially hidden by all the equipment cluttering the trunk, but the face was clear and staring blankly up at them. His legs had been detached and were resting beneath the torso. It was the only way to fit the whole thing in the trunk. We call him Artie, Clewiston said. He was made by a company called Accident Reconstruction Technologies. Looks sort of real at first, the patrol officer said. Why is he in fatigues? Clewiston had to think about that to remember. Last time I used Artie, it was a crosswalk hit-and-run case. The Vic was a Marine up from El Toro. He was in his fatigues, and there was a question about whether the hitter saw him. Clewiston slung the strap of his laptop bag over his shoulder. He did. Thanks to Artie, we made a case. He took his clipboard out of the trunk, and then a digital camera, his trusty measuring wheel, and an eight-battery mag light. He closed the trunk and made sure it was locked. I'm going to head down and get this over with, he said. I got called in from home. Yeah, I guess the faster you're done, the faster I can get back out on the road myself. Pretty boring just standing here. I know what you mean. Clewiston headed down the westbound lane, which had been closed to traffic. There was a mist clinging in the dark to the tall brush that crowded the sides of the street, but he could see the lights and glow of the city down to the south. The accident had occurred in one of the few spots along Mulholland where there were no homes. He knew that on the south side of the road, the embankment dropped down to a public dog park. On the north side was Fryman Canyon, and the embankment rose up to a point where one of the city's communications stations was located.